0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube. My name is Daniel, this is Daniel Teaches, the psychology student who brings you his two cents from his lectures, his readings, and his personal anecdotes. I thank you so much for your support. Without further ado, you don't care about any of that stuff. You just wanna learn how to manipulate someone. So let's get into it. So if you wanna manipulate someone, first thing you gotta do is you have to be able to lie your pants off. Like you gotta be able to lie like there's no tomorrow. Okay, before we advance, why did you press on this video? Why did you press on this episode? What are you hoping to get out of this, right? Because if you pressed on this video going, I wanna learn how to manipulate someone, we gotta sit with that thought just for a second. Like, there's an ethical concern here, right? Or maybe you're just like, you know what, Daniel, I love supporting you, man. You know, you could talk about goats and I'd press play on the video. So I I appreciate you for that. But let's take a second to think about this. I almost didn't make this video because like I said, there's a slight ethical concern with manipulating people. Now, this goal isn't, hey, this is how you go around and act. Actually, oh God, this might be yeah, how to manipulate people. Okay, look, what I, the aim of this video, or the aim of this audio for listening to this as a podcast, is I want you to become more aware of what the term manipulation means. And once we can build a solid foundation of the term, then we can talk about some practical examples of manipulation. Generally, when people think manipulate, we think of it in a negative manner, right? We think of an employer manipulating their employees to work overtime without getting uh, overtime pay. We might think of a partner manipulating another partner to feel jealous or to feel angry or crazy or, or something along those lines. So generally, we think of like exploiting someone in that way or unfairly deceiving someone. However, what if I was to tell you that maybe if a girl sees a guy at a party and she tries to make the guy like her, that's manipulating. What if I wish to tell you the mom who tells her kid, hey, look, you have to do these chores, you know, otherwise you're going to end up on the naughty list and Santa won't bring you any presents. What if I told you that's manipulating? If you Google manipulate right now, you will get something along the lines of, cleverly influences a person or situation and that could be, excuse me, cleverly or unfairly influences a person or situation. You can Google it. The big part here is or, right? Because what does that mean? Because there's an or, that doesn't mean that every time you manipulate someone it has to be unfairly necessarily. As long as it's done cleverly and you're convincing someone of something that maybe they weren't going to do before, that could be manipulation. There's a lot of content that I see on YouTube and on different blogs and whatnot where people say things like, "How five steps to make him fall in love with you. Eight steps to make him chase you. Well, what are you doing? right? What if he doesn't like you? And what you're attempting to do is you're trying to change his feelings, most of the time, involuntarily to pursue you. Is that not manipulation? And even if that is manipulation, is there anything wrong with that? So is it acceptable to manipulate people? So whenever we think about convincing someone, or maybe people say, well, Daniel, that's not manipulation, that's just reasoning, you know, or that's giving advice, or that's parenting, or that's, you know, looking out for someone's best health or best circumstances. It would be manipulation if it was bad, but because it's a good thing, it's not manipulating. It's reasoning, right? You can use whatever justification you like. What's happening here is you're cleverly influencing a situation with or without the person knowing. That's what's going on. Whenever we talk about manipulation, and and again, like my hesitation in talking about this topic is kind of like the martial arts teacher, who's like, well, what if I start teaching boxing And a bunch of my students go and they start beating kids up left and right. But the hope is that you learn the art and that you learn it for yourself. You develop discipline, punctuality, maturity, respectfulness, right? I can't control what you end up doing with the knowledge that you know. I can put it out there in good faith and hope that you do with it. As to the best of your ability. In terms of being a good person and not being deceitful and not trying to harm people. But I don't know. I don't know you you could do whatever you like with this knowledge and and that is a risk that I think we have to take in order to in order for knowledge to grow and to prosper so without further ado how do we manipulate someone so now that we know that manipulation means convincing someone right Maybe, oftentimes in a cleverly fashion in the sense that a person doesn't even know they're being manipulated they don't know that they're being convinced it's like well how do you go about that the first thing that you have to realize is what makes that person tick, right? What about this is interesting for you? That's how I can further manipulate or persuade or push you or motivate you to do something that you might otherwise have not done. If I'm a swimming instructor, which, which, I, which I am, which I have been for many years, if an individual comes up to me, And I noticed that they're very interested on technique. Like for example, people always think, oh, swimming lessons are for kids. No, not at all. I've done many private lessons with adults, 30s, 40s, 50s. The oldest guy I've ever taught was 75 years old. God bless him, he was great for his age. And if a person came to me and I could understand that they were really big on technique, I would orient the swimming lesson in such a way that it would cater to them. So I'd say, hey, man, you should definitely sign up for lessons. It's great. We can really focus on technique. We can focus on making sure everything is exactly as it should be, exactly as Red Cross outlines it. Every move is perfect. Everything is crisp. And that would serve as a motivator. Sometimes I've had other people come and They go, look, Daniel, I couldn't give two hoots about technique. I want to build endurance. That's all. I'm a 55-year-old guy. I just want to build endurance through swimming. I don't know any swimming strokes except the one with the big arms, the one that we call front crawl. Can you help me? I'm not going to start talking to him about technique. I'm going to cater to him in the way that he wants to be catered to, right? So I'm going to say, yeah, absolutely. We can do this. It's endurance. Great. we got different drills we can do. We can tie up your hands and just have you kick. We can tie up your legs and just have you use your arms. We can do a couple breathing exercises in the water. Yup. You can come in and we can just work on your endurance. To push this point even further. And some of you might listen to this, might go, well, Daniel, how is that manipulation, right? And again, it depends on what your basis definition is. But if you go back and if you Google manipulate, you will get that idea of cleverly influencing a situation, cleverly or unfairly influencing a situation or a person. And it's usually we manipulate it to our own benefit, right? Or to the benefit of all parties involved, in a sense, if you're a good person. Another thing that you see a lot is in sales, there's a lot of manipulation. When my father and I went to go buy a car, the individual was, when he was speaking to my father, he was talking a lot about the safety features and saving money on on insurance and finance and this and that. And then when it came to talking to me, the first thing that he said was he kind of grinned at me and he said, he said, do you know what I like about this car? And I said, what? He goes. It doesn't feel like an old car, you know, it feels new, it feels slick, it feels modern, it's got that young guy look to it, you know what I mean? And I knew exactly what he was doing, right? If I'm a 20-year-old guy, maybe safety isn't my biggest concern, right? If my parents are paying for the car, maybe, you know, paying for insurance isn't my biggest concern if it's not coming out of my pocket. So he assumed that the wreath, that one of the biggest things that stands out to a young man is social status and wanting to look cool in front of the girls, so that's why... Talking to my dad was one thing, but talking to me was all about the body and how it looks and it looks cool. It doesn't look like an old man's car. It looks like a young guy's car. Those are almost his exact words. And I kind of nodded. I said, yeah, man, for sure. I, I know what you mean. So it's you find a way to cater your advice specifically to the individual, right? Whether they know or don't know what's going on. So then you take a step forward and you go, well, how can I make a person like me? Well, look. I would argue that you can't force anyone to do anything, right? There's no way that I could ever say something, look, you use this trick, it's going to make people fall in love with you. That's a movie, right? you got to inject them, you got to give them a love potion like from Harry Potter. It's not possible. But what you can do is you can be a little bit more persuasive, is you can be a little bit more convincing. In the branch of psychology, there's an area known as impression management. I mean, this is a really micro branch. And in impression management, there's several different things that you can do to better your impression and make sure that people like you. And there are two two things I want to bring up. One of them is self-promotion, and you can Google these. One of them is ingration. I hope I'm I'm pronouncing that right. It's like I-N-G-R-A-I-T. Ingray. Okay, just write it the way that I'm, I'm pronouncing it. Ingration. I'm pretty sure that that's how you pronounce it. But this is what they mean. Ingration essentially means... That you want to win someone over, you want to make someone like you by doing things such as complimenting them, such as showing interest in the things that they're interested in, or doing favors for them, and appearing relatively charming, humorous, and easygoing around them. Right. So one of the easiest things that you could do is if you're with someone, you compliment something that they do, or something that they're wearing, yeah, that's a cool scarf. Hey, I noticed you're on the rowing team. Wow, that's very impressive. I can only imagine the the muscles that it takes, especially in the back and in the shoulders. That's awesome. If it's a small favor, you're pouring yourself a glass of water, pour them a glass of water. So what are you interested in again? Marine biology? I don't know anything about marine biology. What makes you fascinated in that subject? Right? And if you generally do those things, they can help you with your impression management. The second one is self-promotion. Self-promotion is when we demonstrate our skills in front of other people, in front of an audience. Let's say you're a great public speaker. Let's say you're a humorous person. Let's say you've got an exquisite amount of knowledge on trees or geology or chess or the climate, whatever it may be. You want to make sure that you demonstrate your knowledge in front of them. So if you're a funny person, you look to your left, you notice that they're looking at you. Then you tell a joke to your friends, but you tell it loudly so they can hear it as well. It's the classic, you know, dude at a party who sees like a piano and he's like, hey, you know, do you mind if I try playing the piano? And then he goes in front of everyone and he plays this like beautiful Mozart piece. So that's another thing you can do. So it's ingratiation, there's self-promotion. And it's, look, whenever we want someone to like us, it's about wanting to develop a good impression, right? It's about building trust and it's about making sure that, hey, I want you to get to know me. Because we like what's familiar to us. If you want to listen to a psychology podcast, look, there's many podcasts out there about mental health, about psychology, about this or that, but if it's someone that you know, let's say if you've been listening to me for quite some time and someone who you don't know, studies would say that on average, most people would press on the video that you already know. Now that video might be a lot better. He might be better spoken, better camera, better lights, better microphone. You might have 10 people working for him, but there's this idea of I know you. And this is this has to be like an evolutionary biology slash evolutionary psychology idea where it's, I know you. So there's less danger to be around you. Right? 10,000, 11,000 years ago when the climate stabilized, we realized, hey, we are better in packs than we are on our own. Right? We're more likely to get eaten when we're on our own. So we made these little villages and then we started working together. And we realized that different people could specialize in different things and What happened was, you know, when we got to know people, when we were familiar around them, then we felt comfortable, we felt safe, we felt like we could trust one another. You know, people would ration food uh, equally, we could develop under some sort of leadership, hopefully a democracy or whatever that the people intended. It was a safe space to reproduce, to have kids, so people felt generally safe. So there's always been something about familiarity that we've always liked. So now all of a sudden you have a person who I mean, if they're in a situation where you see them constantly, it's even better. If they're a classmate, if they're a coworker, studies show that it's very, very likely that the person you end up being in a relationship with is someone who you see all the time. It could be the briefs at a coffee shop. It could be the classmate that you never talked to in your chemistry class. It could be a coworker, right? Proximity over time increases our perception of attraction for that person. One thing that my prof was saying over our online classes said, look, Some people during the online classes turn their cameras on, some people have them off. She said, statistically speaking, the people who have their cameras on and people are looking at them through virtually might find them, it's very possible they'll find them more attractive when we eventually go back in person because there's that idea of familiarity. Oh, I've seen Daniel. I've seen him on video on Zoom in January. So now that we're back in class and physical, I feel like I know him. I've seen him. Even though we've never talked. So there's an interesting part in that. So it's a lot of being interested in someone. It's a lot about familiarity. It's a lot about complimenting someone. It's a lot about being genuine. But personally, I've never been a fan of the idea of making someone fall in love with you. You know, making someone like me. Because it just, it sounds... Whenever in life you have to convince someone of something, I'm always a little suspicious. Look, in an interview, I get it. you got to sell yourself right? If you want to be in a relationship, I got it. You, got it. you have to sell yourself. But sometimes that can be in, in, in an extreme manner to the point where I think you're doing more harm than more good, right? For example, you have those people who try to convince you how rich they are online, right? That's obviously a form of manipulation. You know, hi, I'm just in my garage with my bookshelves, right? Or hey, I'm just here with my three Lamborghinis, Self-made millionaire at the age of seven. What seven, right? Is that not manipulation? And maybe they're not millionaires. Maybe they rented it. You know, maybe it's not theirs. Maybe that home isn't theirs. They didn't actually buy that house. It's someone else's house that they're living in, just for the sake of you know doing their vlogs and telling people that it's theirs. Why? So that you go, wow, this is a self-made millionaire. I'm going to buy his course. I'm going to buy his book. I'm going to pay for his coaching sessions. So, it it is based around influencing people. And it's largely around making people do something for us for other people for the greater good charities do this too charities manipulate absolutely look a charity knows that a person who donated once is more likely to donate again in the future i've donated once to i think it was either red cross or uh, children's cancer foundation and they'll email me or they'll send me like a nice little letter and it's beautifully written you know hey we thank you so much you know that you donated, we appreciate it, and we just want to let you know that your donation did this. Now we have this many people who still need help. And if you donate just another blank, do you know how far that could go in helping all these people? It's like, well, what are you doing, right? You're, you're catering to me on an emotional level, right? Actually both. One on a statistical level, one on an emotional level. You throw stats at someone, right? And you go, look, this car is rated four out of five stars all across the world, right? And then you also got an emotional angle. Look, don't you want to feel secure in your own car? Don't you want to have a feeling of reliance? You don't have to worry about the bus not showing up. You don't have to worry about your bike getting stolen. So there's two things that we usually cater to. And I'm really oversimplifying, but a statistical analysis and it's emotions. Right? We do this in, in every part, all the time. And the hope is that you do it because you're a good person, you do it because you want the best out of people, right You do it because you have good things in mind and not for not for darker reasons, right Not because you want to take advantage of someone. Has there been a time recently where you felt like you manipulated someone? If so, when was it? Who was it? And what did you get them to do? Right, it could be getting someone to order another like case of nachos. It could be getting someone to uh, get a beer. You know, I've definitely like. I mean, again, manipulation sounds so bad, but it is what it is, right? I'm gonna make another video about romanticizing words. You know, like we say something like, um, you know, oh, Dan, I don't like using the word I like using the word "convince." It's like, sure, dude, but it doesn't change what you did. You know, imagine talking to your friend Bill. Say, hey, Bill, what'd you do last night? I was empowering women and small business owners what does that mean i was hiring prostitutes oh oh okay well just say that then that you were hiring, pro- you know uh, instead of helping um what do you call it a proprietorship women who have their own business right? so when i want to go to a bar and let's say watch watch the fights watch a boxing ma- matchup, up or an mma match up right and my friend who's not big into it what do i do i go come on man it'll be so much fun you know, happy hour, beers are cheaper, they have great nachos, we get to talk, we get to catch up, there'll be pretty girls there, right? What am I doing? Is that non-manipulation? Right? And and again, it's not to take advantage of him necessarily, it's just, hey man, I think it's going to be a great time. Selfishly, will I enjoy the presence of my friend more than his absence? Absolutely. Right? And I think I think that he would enjoy it too. I genuinely would. If I didn't think he'd enjoy it, then I wouldn't invite him. Like I've been in places where a friend's like, should I come? I'm like, dude, don't come. Because it's like three hours long. It's not your thing. I don't want you to be bored. But if I think he's gonna like it, I will absolutely try to convince him to come. So is manipulation a bad thing? Right? It depends on how you think of it. And manipulate people to do what? I personally think it's a little bit too black and white. I think it's a little bit too dualistic, too simplistic. Yes, it's a good thing. Yes, it's a bad thing. Who's manipulating who? Manipulating someone to do what? Right? How often? Right? Here's another manipulation. There was this girl, and I've shared this story before, who at just a little after midnight, she would get a call. she's lying in bed with her boyfriend she pick up her phone go to another room she start talking loudly and she starts saying things like hey look i'm so happy to hear from you i missed you but please don't call again my boyfriend's getting suspicious she puts down the phone she comes back and the boyfriend's like who is it and she'd say it's no one it's nobody right well obviously the boyfriend started getting jealous and he started getting suspicious but here's the thing it was literally nobody what this young girl had done is she put an alarm at like 12 30 a.m not p.m a.m like just a little bit after midnight but the alarm had the same sound as a ringtone so when the alarm goes off you can't differentiate if it's the alarm or the ringtone if you don't see the screen of the phone she immediately picks it up she goes into a room and this girl starts talking to herself oh my god thank you so much for calling oh i missed you too but you really shouldn't call like this this nut <laughs> she starts talking to herself. Why? Because she felt like her, her boyfriend wasn't giving her enough attention. So she's like, well I know what I'll do. I'll just make him jealous. So three or four days of the week she just picks up the phone after midnight and she starts talking to people. To no one's surprise they're not dating anymore. Because clearly manipulation can be a bad thing. So use it with discretion. Follow your character. Follow your principles. But I really hope that this was a conversation to look at manipulation in a different light. right? It doesn't have to be just used for evil. It doesn't have to be just used to, to be unfairly or to deceive people or to lie to people. Not necessarily, no. A lot of times it's just convincing people. you know, And that does a lot for them. Thank you so much for listening, folks. This has been another episode. I appreciate all of your support. I wish you an amazing rest of your day. And you'll hear from me again next week. Have a wonderful time, everybody. Take care and bye-bye.